Good morning. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 18. I never expected to run into another Ted. Sorry about that. It reminds me of the time I was uh, down in Puget Sound. Uh, I came up from Seattle four and a half years ago. Um, I don't know why. Um, people warned me. In fact, we had, a, we had a former Anchorage Southern Baptist pastor in the congregation. Uh, and when I told the congregation that I was considering uh, a call up to Eagle River, Alaska, he took me aside and he said, I just want to warn you before you go to Alaska that it is like going to a foreign country. And then I came up here and I realized I was not in a foreign country, I was on a foreign planet. <laughs> that people looked like you. They, they, they spoke the same language but they were quite different. I actually got accosted at Fred Myers the first month I was here. The manager came and asked me, is everything okay? And I said, yeah, everything's great. Why? And he said, because you keep saying good morning to people. And, and you, you, people reported me to the manager of Fred Myers. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm from Seattle. And he goes, oh, okay, I, I understand. I want to tell you what a blessing it has been for me to be up here. Uh, I love Eagle River. Um, it is uh, kind of the Anchorage starter kit. Uh, you can actually make a left without a signal on a Friday night when it's snowing. It, it, it's amazing. But where I'm from, it took you 60 minutes to go eight blocks. You know, to go, if you forgot something at the grocery store, forget it. You know, uh, so again, um, thank you for having me here. I, I know you're wondering how I got here this morning, uh, but I came by car. Um, no, that's, like Paul Harvey said, there's more to the story or, or the rest of the story. Um, uh, this goes back to Randy. You know, I, I met Randy while, while I was here, and then, of course, he left, and Pastor Todd, uh, the assistant pastor at, at Eagle, came and was your interim for a while. And uh, while that was going on, we were planning our men's retreat. Uh, our men's retreat that we have uh, every year except when COVID comes. And so we missed that year. And so we were in the midst of planning that. And then um, you guys called Emmy and Mari and his family. And uh, Pastor Todd just said to me, hey, you got to meet this guy. And I said, okay. And so we went to lunch together, and uh, the different things came up about the ministries that we were having and, and uh, what his uh, expectations were and, and struggles and challenges. And then I, I told him about the men's uh, retreat, and I said, why don't you come? And he said, oh, you know, well, what if some of my men want to come? And I said, okay. And uh, so we proceeded on, and we started planning it, and we came up with the theme, Kingdom Men, and uh, a scripture verse to kind of give us a focus there. And uh, then uh, another church asked in and said, hey, you know, we've only got three men here. Can, can we come and be a part of this? And so we said, uh, oh, okay. And then another church asked and said, hey, can we come? We don't have a pastor. And, and uh, I, I have to stop here and go down a rabbit trail. So warning. 
Um, when I was at Bible college, I, part of the homiletics classes, you had to speak in chapel once. And uh, so I, I got asked, hey, can you go? And it, it, this is your uh, day of the week. And so I picked a passage of scripture and I picked it out of Amos chapter 7. Uh, I am not a prophet, nor the son of a prophet. Uh, I'm actually the son of a mailman. Uh, that, that was the title of my message. And um, I told the people that, or my, my fellow classmates there, that um, I was questioning my call into the ministry. And, and I had a couple of professors nodding their head going, and we are too. Uh, but actually, I graduated third in my class. Uh, because it was a small Bible college, there was just three of us. Um, and so, uh, true story, true story. I, I'm not making that up. Um, a little bit further down the rabbit trail, then we'll come back. I just finished a Sunday evening series. Um, I love to do biography. I love the men in the Bible uh, to look at them. Well, we just finished a, a series on the life of Abraham. And, of course, I went and collected all of the scriptures on Abraham, New Testament, Old Testament, so I could better understand how other people looked at uh, the life of Abraham. And I found one in Isaiah chapter 43, and it just referenced Abraham at the end, and, but it got in by honorable mention. But it says this, remember the pit out of which I pulled you. Remember the rock from which you were, were hewn. And, and again, the Lord just reminding me, uh, hey, you're just the son of a mailman. Okay, so back to what we were talking about. I felt overwhelmed at that point. We're going to go to Laverne Griffith. We're going to set all this up. We got food and there's rules. I don't know if you've ever been to Laverne Griffith, but there's a page of rules there. And it gets longer every time they change management. And, and I thought, that's just too much now that we've got these, all these different churches that want to be involved and everything. So we changed it from a men's retreat to a men's conference. And we're holding it at our church, and it's in the annex there. It's the last uh, Friday night and Saturday uh, morning and Saturday afternoon um, coming up in October. Um, I felt it was so important that we have, we have a Sunday night service. We... we are giving up our Sunday night service and inviting all the men down at 7 o'clock for a meet and greet so that we can meet each other and we can have just a mini little uh, conference. We have a little um, uh, message given. Uh, do you remember who's, who's given that? Do you remember, Emmy, who's given that? Oh, Emmy. Hey, there you go. Right, uh, That's worth coming just for that, um, to, to let the music kind of practice a little bit. So, and, and again, so we can get into small groups, and, and you can kind of get an idea of what, uh, what my thought process is uh, about that. It's important for men to get together and, and to share and everything. Um, so that's, and then, and then I don't know who came up with the brilliant idea about switching churches, um, but if, with five churches involved now, what that, I mean, what that, yeah, that just wouldn't have worked out, but Emmy and I had already agreed to do that. I think it was my idea, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that is how I ended up here uh, this morning, not only by car, but that circuitous route. In fact, I thought about the poor Hebrew people there at Kadesh Barnea, just 13 miles from the promised land, but it took them 40 years to get there. So uh, hopefully I will be back uh, before the 40-year mark. So if you have your Bible, 2 Kings 18. I want to talk about kingdom men this morning. Um, kingdom men. 
Um, hopefully, uh, you have somebody in your life that is either uh, a man or male, a kid, a grandkid, a neighbor, um, somebody that, that uh, is coming up. Kids are very important in our church. Uh, we, are, we are committed to our children, um, and, and we're committed to our youth group. In fact, the very best of the men in the church that I have are involved with our children. Um, uh, you met uh, Jeremy and Brittany, uh, a young man that I have mentored over the last uh, two years. Uh, they are now leading our youth group. Jeremy started in the uh, third and fourth graders um, and worked to, and then he started a young people's uh, uh, Sunday school class, and now he and his wife are leading our young people. In fact, December 3rd, we are having a youth Sunday, and one of the young people are actually bringing the Sunday morning uh, service. We, we believe that you cannot start too young. You cannot start too early um, to, to uh, bring in and on-ramp uh, the kids, the young people of the church. And, and so we're hoping that we can have, if not this year, then the years to come, Lord willing, that more of the young people won't come. So kingdom men, and this morning my subtopic is, is God's strong man. God's strong man. We need to reclaim our homes. We need to reclaim uh, our neighborhoods. Uh, and in some instances, we need to reclaim our churches. And it takes the, str the strong man uh, to go and to um, not only guard what we have, but to get back what we have lost. And, and so this morning, I want to talk about that. And coincidentally, as you guys are working your way through the Bible, Hezekiah, I believe, was a kingdom man. Um, they, they say about Hezekiah that he was the rose between two thorns <laughs> um, because of Ahaz and, and Manasseh. Uh, but outside of David, and maybe Josiah could be honorable mention there, Hezekiah did more for bringing the people back uh, to God. And, and that's what we need kingdom men for. We need kingdom men to bring uh, our, our children back. We need kingdom men to support uh, the pastors. And we need kingdom men uh, to take their place. I've been there four and a half years, and I have four men now that can preach, laymen. Just lay people. They're not prophets, son of prophets, or well, maybe mailmen, I don't know. But, uh, but they can fill the pulpit besides uh, having Pastor Todd. Now I can lend Pastor Todd out to different churches. He's going to be up at Valley View uh, for the month of October, uh, serving them there. And, and so men are important. You know, pastor, sorry, pastors come and go. Uh, but it's the men of the church that stay. It's the men of the church that support and, and, and so um, that's what this men's conference is all about. Uh, 2 Kings 18, uh, verse 1. In the third year of Hosea, son of Elah, king of Israel, Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. Th this is him taking his place, him taking his throne. And, and so it is that, that I, my desire is to give, when I came to the church there at Eagle River, one of my goals was to give the church back to the people, to let the people decide, uh, and, and to raise up men that could lead by example, not, not to impose their will, but rather to find out what the congregation wanted to do, and then to help assist them in getting there, whether on an individual or on a corporate basis. 
Uh, verse 2, he was 25 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Abi, the daughter of Zechariah. Again, this is important because the godly influence of women. You can have the leadership, the strong leadership of men. I mean, I'm talking about servant leadership. But that godly influence of women, sometimes it goes to waste because there isn't a godly man to be that example. And we, we have a, a, a godly man here, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And so there's four things I just want to share with you this morning. First, for kingdom men is to be watchful. To be watchful, to be engaged, to be aware of what is going on around you. Here we have Hezekiah. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He looked around. What, what, what's, what's, what's broken here? What's missing the mark? What's falling short? <laughs> I've been doing this for over 45 years. Uh, I know what you're thinking. You started when you're 10. Uh, but no, I'm 67. And, and I spent 25 years of my life doing church revitalization. There were, there were churches that had less than 10 people in them when my wife and I went there, and to give them a new vision, to give them a new mission, to write uh, a new budget, to help train the men uh, to do the work of the ministry. But you have to know what is missing, and you have to be willing to get involved. And sometimes that, call, that calls for you rolling up your sleeves. Sometimes it calls for you to do something that you're not comfortable in. Um, you know, we like to stay in our own lane and, and do the things that, that God has gifted us for. But I like to move my men around, you know, and, and uh, I do it myself. We, we have a, another ministry called Abundant Motherhood. It's kind of our version of MOPS. Uh, Friday, I take the three- and four-year-olds. And I'll tell you, they didn't teach you that in seminary. When, when you have 13 or 14 three- and four-year-olds, and one of them has to go to the bathroom, and you're there with 12 of them, and they're beginning to lose that attention there, I just want to tell you, duck, duck, goose. That, that, is, that will always save you. That will always pull everybody back together. But, and it's not comfortable. First off, if you get down on the floor at 67 with three- and four-year-olds, it's hard to get back up. <laughs> you know, it takes a while. Um, but, but again, it's just finding that, looking, watching, observing, and, and figuring that out. And so here is Hezekiah. He is looking and he's, he sees that this is not right in the eyes of the Lord. According to all that David, his father, had done. There's his godly man. How, how long had, had the gap been between David? How long had David been dead? And yet his example was there, his illustration. This is the importance of having godly men in the church. The example of godly men. I want to tell you a story. My life would not be what it is today, except for a Sunday school teacher. Mr. Johnson was an insurance agent. And he had a son that was the same age as I am. And if we memorized a certain number of verses, he was going to take us to an Oakland Raiders game. Uh, yeah, I did. I grew up just outside of Oakland, California, and, uh, and I memorized those verses. 
And so he said, you know what? Um, instead of picking you up in the morning, I want you to come and spend the night. And so I did. I came and spent the night on a Saturday night. And I got up in the morning, came out, was kind of rubbing my eyes. And there was Mr. Johnson sitting at the table, and his Bible was open. I, I got to tell you, I was 14, 15 years old. I had never seen a man reading a Bible at the breakfast table. I'd seen many men reading the back of their cereal box. You know, it never changes. And yet you're sitting there reading the cereal box. I've seen them reading their newspaper. But it was a shock to me. And God used that as a picture. And later on, um, again, when, when I felt called to Bible college, you know, I can look back at that experience and, and just a, a man there reading his Bible. And when Mr. Johnson said, Ted, you know, I think you'll make uh, a good pastor. How, the weight that that carried on me, just a, a one-time thing. I never was in his house after that. And he went on and, and, and took another Sunday school class. But just that one time there. Here is David still having an influence on Hezekiah. Be, be watchful. Look, look for that person whose life that you can influence. Not, not only be uh, watchful, be patient. Um, and he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, according to all that David's father did. Verse 4, he removed the high places and broke the pillars and cut down the Asherah. He did the obvious. He removed the high places. He broke down the pillars and he cut down the Asherah. There, these are the, the things that were there that were obvious. He, he cleaned those up. He broke those apart. He burned those. He got rid of those. But you know what? He went up into the high places, the secret places where they would go up into the forest there, behind the trees, into that little clearing there, and, and whatever their little ceremony was, their little dancing around and all the things that they did there, and, and he wiped that completely out. We need to be patient and we need to work through the obvious things, but we need to get and take care of the secret things as well. Here is Hezekiah doing the things that he saw that were wrong, that he observed that were wrong. And he removed the high places, he broke down the pillars and cut down the Asherah, and he broke the, in pieces the bronze serpent. That mo Here's a, a hint. Not everything that's a good thing is a godly thing. We, I've been there four and a half years, and I'm working with the deacons. We're about to put an elder board in place. Um, and I'm working with the, the men of the church and asking them, and we're evaluating the different ministries of the church. It's hard. It's, it's, it, it's painful. Uh, it, it takes work, and, 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 and it's a slow process. And you have to be patient, but we're asking that is it relevant? Are, are we using our resources in a place that are really meeting the needs of the people? And we're talking to the people. We're talking to the leaders. And we're asking them to honestly and, and transparently with integrity to evaluate what they're doing to see, is this impacting our church? Maybe we just need to change it a little. Maybe we need to keep it. Maybe we need to start something new. Well, how is our church evolving? How is it changing? 
And here you see Hezekiah, again, not, we get rid of the obvious things, but so many times we don't deal with the secret things, the, the hidden things. Uh, and here we see Hezekiah, a kingdom man, doing that. He broke down the pillars, and he cut down the Asherah, and he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. Again, it served its purpose. The bronze serpent saved the people. The bronze serpent is something that Jesus refers back to in John chapter 3. He says, as the, as the serpent was left, so must the Son of Man be left. But you know what? Everything runs its course. You go back to creation. And God said, look, I, I put the stars in the sky. I put the planets over here. I put the sun here. And then he set it into motion. And he said, so that there will be times and there will be seasons. And then I came to Alaska. <laughs> what a summer we just went through. I think it was three days or, or maybe three and a half days. But you know what? But again, there's changes taking place. God gives us the spring, and then he gives us the summer, and then the fall, and then the winter when things shut down. But then the breakup comes, and, and the spring, such as it is, you know, I, one of the, you can tell somebody new when they come up and say, hey, what, what kind of uh, winter do you think we're going to have? Oh, boy, you know, not, not like one we've ever had. Oh, what kind of summer are we going to have? Well, it'll be completely different than anything we've ever seen before. You know, it's, it's different every year. And, and so are churches. We get, we, you know what, we're traditional, but informal. Uh, informal for me is wearing a blue shirt, not a white shirt. But for our church, we're, we're traditional. That's just what, you know, there's 43 churches in Eagle River. There's only 42 coffee shops. Why are there so many churches? You know, I, I've looked at all 43 of them, talked to most of their pastors, and, and I'm looking for the group of, in Eagle River that are not being ministered to. And, and that's what I'm talking to my leadership about, to say, how do we reach that? They're doing a great job here. They're doing a great job here. They're doing here. They're doing this. This is what they're doing. What's left over? Look, we can do that. But we're, but we're looking at that. Go ahead and throw the next one out. He trusted the Lord. You, you have to be watchful. You got to look around. You got to evaluate. This is just part of being a kingdom man to, to come alongside, meet with the pastor find what needs to be done and then you know what figure out how to do it i was a project manager for 21 years for a technology company uh, that's how i could afford to pastor a church of nine people <laughs> one day i got moved to a different division and i had a woman for a a boss and uh, I went in, and, and uh, there was no training for this position, and, and it was just a change of need. They just moved me, you know. And, and I went into her, and I knocked on the door, and I said, you know, Pam, how, look at this. How am I supposed to figure this out? 
This is impossible here. Who, who am I going to talk to? What book is there for me to read? She leaned back in her chair, took a pencil, started tapping it. She said, well, I guess you're just going to have to figure it out. And I did, eventually. We just need to figure it out. You know, the Lord will lead you. The Lord will guide you. We're, we're, I'm constantly looking at, at the people who visit us, the people who want to join, and, and, and I'm evaluating them and, and asking them, what is it that you need? What is it that you want to do? What, when you close your eyes, what do you think it is that God wants for you? And then factor that in. Some people don't fit in. To be, to be honest with you, we can't be all things. We're, we're no bigger than you are. We're 65, 70 people. But what we're going to do is concentrate, look at the resources that we have, and then focus that in. But again, trusting the Lord. You know, when I talk about faith uh, to people, I, I, I use three. Num number one is you got to know something. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Number two is you got to obey what it is that God has told you in his word or called you to do. Number three is you got to trust him for the results because it doesn't always work out the way that we want it to. And here we see Hezekiah, he trusted the Lord. He trusted the God of Israel, the covenant God who had made all those promises so that there was no, none like him among all the kings of Judah after him, nor among those who were before him. Verse 6, as a kingdom man, you have to be watchful. You have to look around, see what you can do, what, what, what you're willing to get involved with, or maybe even uncomfortably get involved with. Uh, number two is you've got to be patient, and, and you've got to do the right things first. Number three is you've got to trust the Lord to, for, for those results. And then number four, you got to hold fast. you got to stay the course. You can't quit. I think of Joseph. <laughs> Poor Joseph. Here, it, it, it's just the opposite. Usually they give you the gold watch when you retire. He got the gold watch when he started. The, the coat of many colors. He got the recognition over his brothers. He got the authority over his brothers. Um, and, and then he, he was just doing the right thing. And he went... He's, his dad said, go, hey, go find your brothers. And he went to where they were supposed to be. They weren't there. And some poor guy told him, hey, I think they went down the road. And he went down the road. He's doing the right thing. And he got beaten and thrown into a pit and then sold as a slave. He ended up uh, being sold to Potiphar, betrayed by Potiphar's wife, thrown into prison. And then he served in prison for how long? And then the, uh, the baker and the cupbearer uh, were thrown in there by Pharaoh, and he interpreted the dreams there. And, and I can see Joseph, hey, I don't belong here. I shouldn't have been here. I'm a Hebrew. I'm in an Egyptian jail. I'm a Hebrew. Please remember me. And it says there, two years later, Pharaoh had a dream. Two years. It's like God saying, you know what? You're not ready yet. Back in the oven. Two more years, he was in that prison. I don't know what went through Joseph's mind. He had had those visions. He was trusting the Lord, I'm sure. 
but two more years. Don't give up. Hold fast to what this church is. Not was, is. It's exciting to me. For 25 years, I was able to give churches back to the people, except for two. One said, forget it after two years, and the other closed. They said, we, can't, we just can't do this anymore. And so they, they sold it to, to another, uh, another church. In fact, I'm sorry, they just gave it to the other church. Three and a half million dollars worth of building and property. This young, upcoming church didn't have a building. But he held fast. And, and, and we're looking for trying to encourage men to be watchful, to, to look, to be engaged in their church, to be patient, to trust the Lord, and then, and then to hold fast. And he did not depart from following him, but kept the commandments that the Lord commanded Moses. You know, one, one good quality about men, if we're stubborn, <laughs> the problem is, is getting us involved. And then you get us involved and we won't quit <laughs> until, until our dying breath. This conference that is coming up, Kingdom Men, we're, we're committed to three ideals. Num- number one is fellowship. We just want to get men together to share, to sit around a table, to discuss, to share ideas. Number two is worship. Just come together in, as men and, and sing and, 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 and open our hearts to the Lord. Number three is leadership. You know, it's just to encourage other men to, to go back to their church and, and to follow these, these, these principles and, and to do those things. Then we come to verse seven and we close. Um, can't read the time back there. Oh, okay. Um, and the Lord was with him. Wherever he, when, when, wherever he went out, he prospered. That's God's part. That's, that's what God says that he will do for us. If we'll get involved, and, and if we'll be watchful. You know, and the idea there is, is shepherding. It's just to look, to look over the sheep. Peter, Peter. Jesus said to Peter, look, hey, if you love me, feed my sheep. If you love me, feed my sheep. But if you love me, care for my little lambs. And it takes more than just one person to do that. Be engaged. Be, find out where you can help. You know, sometimes we should know where to help. We shouldn't have to ask. Be patient. Let the Lord do his work. You know, sometimes we pray about things and pray about things, and, and we wait and we wait. Elijah on Mount Carmel, after he dispatched the prophets of Baal, and after God had answered by, uh, answered by fire and dispatched the prophets of Baal, he said to his servant, go out now and look over the Mediterranean and tell me what you see. And his servant came back and said, I don't see anything. And he said, okay, prayed some more. He said, hey, now go check. He went and checked. What was it? Six times, I think he went and came back and he prayed. He, Elijah just, he wasn't going to give up. And he said, you go check again. And he went and he checked and he came back and he said, well, I looked way out there and there was a cloud the size of a man's fist. And I love what Elijah said. 
gird up your loins because it was about to rain. You know, there are people out there that God wants to bring into this church. But this church has to be prepared to receive them. You know how much money companies spend on advertising? It's not only in the tens of thousands, but it's in the hundreds of thousands. And they know these, these actuary logarithms that they have. You know, mathematically, they know how much money they have to spend to gain a customer. And it's like seven times that to win a customer back. So we, we walked through the church, and, and I took them in through on, on a Sunday morning. And I said, now pretend that you're a visitor. And they walked in, and there was no one there. They came and they sat down, and no one greeted them. It is Alaska, right? You know, space and, and like that. You know, that, now we changed it. Now people leave because they're so friendly. You know, we, we want to make them uh, not only welcome, but we've changed our goal to making them feel wanted. And, and to do that, and to, again, just goes back to being watchful, being aware, and, and, uh, and, and doing that, that, that's intentional. But I want to tell you, wherever he went, he prospered. It was the Lord that prospered him. You know, you can do as much work as you want. You can do as much prayer as you want. You can do as much preparation as you want. Let me close with this. I went to a church. Uh, there was 11 people there. I remember because they voted six to five to bring me in for two years. It was a two-year program. <laughs> I think the other five left. I can't remember. Or maybe worse, they stayed. I can't, can't remember. I was talking to uh, th those that remained. And I said, close your eyes. Think back. What do you miss most? Somebody said a short sermon. But this one lady stood up, and she started to cry. And then she started weeping. And we all stood there embarrassed. And I'm, I'm like, whoa, it's coming next, you know. And she said, before I die, I just want to hear a baby cry. I just want to hear an unruly child. I want to hear in the middle of a sermon a kid to get up and go run into the bathroom down, you know, just, and everybody looks, you know. And I said to her, okay, let's put it before the Lord. Let's put him to the test. And so we went and we picked out a Sunday school room. And over the next couple months, we remodeled it. Their basement flooded every year. I asked them, I said, what is this, the Nile River? They said, no, 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 it just floods every year. It's okay, it's all cement and everything else, no mold. I'm like, why don't you fix it? And they said, well, I, I don't know. They go down there with the, and suck up the water every year, you know. <laughs> Sometimes during the morning service, if, if the rain you know, was enough. So we dug out around the church, we put a pool liner of all things, put a French drain in, and put it, never flooded again. One of the rooms down there, we completely remodeled little kitty things on the wall and all that other stuff like that. And we prayed and we prayed. We trained teachers, Sunday school teachers, 
We had Sunday school, we just didn't have any kids. And I'm not kidding you, it was probably six or seven months. We're done with the room, we're done training teachers. We knew who it was, and a single mom of three came walking in some Sunday morning. She was on her way to another church, got turned around, came to ours by mistake, and she came walking in, and she said, do you have a Sunday school? And it just so happened that that lady was standing there, and she said, you bet we do, you know? That's what I'm talking about. That, that's what God wants to do, he want, and he wants to work through uh, the men of the church. Hezekiah, I believe, was a kingdom man. Uh, he, he has his trouble coming up, you know, and, and part of that's going to produce Manasseh, but I don't want to ruin it for you. But anyway, that's what this conference is about. It's not a retreat. It's, a con- it's just about connecting together. It's just about being able to pray for each other, not only for that few days or that Sunday night, but as we go on, you know, it's so nice to come in this morning and see some familiar faces. You know, um, just can't remember who they were. Uh, no, David and Rachel, of course, um, they came up to our camp and sang uh, a few years ago. Um, and uh, where's Naomi? Is she with the kids? No, the other Naomi. Yeah, so I was going to say Benjamin. Benjamin and I have already broken bread together. Um, if you count eating French fries off his plate. You should have seen his face when I ate the French fries off his plate. Um, but anyway, again, just so that we can connect together. Our, our churches are just not that far apart. And, and, and we should be able to come together at least once a year. Uh, to encourage each other, and then to be able, I hope to have something, you know, again, Lord willing, you know, uh, down the road that you can invite your friends to, you know, we can understand uh, what it would take for you to invite them in. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, thank you for the opportunity to be here, Lord. uh, uh, Thank you for Emmy uh, trusting me um, to to come and and to uh, stand in his church, Lord. um, Lord, you... Uh, Lord, you know the plans that I make, but it's you that guides our steps. And uh, so, Lord, again, um, I pray for the men of the church. I pray for Emmy. Lord, I, I, you know, it's it's too complicated for me. It's 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 too much. Uh, Lord, all I know is is to just keep moving forward. You know, to keep sowing seeds. And Lord, you are the, the master of the harvest. But I believe, I, I believe, as Pastor Emmy said, I believe that Alaska no longer should be the tail, but the head. And Lord, it would be so, so amazing, so beyond our comprehension, more than we even dare ask or imagine that we would become exporters. To send men down to the lower 48 to share with what God is doing here. Instead of bringing people up to see what we're doing here. Lord, I believe that that revival is in the very heart of God but it has to start 
in the house of the Lord. And so may it begin with us and may it begin today, Lord. May it begin with the men of this church. I ask in Jesus' name.